Today we'll talk to Roslyn. She will give us some insight on how her career in recruiting developed over the last decade. So stay tuned. It's going to be super interesting. Welcome to HR Visionaries, where we unlock the secrets of modern HR. I'm Benjamin, your host. Join us as we shed light on today's HR universe with HR leaders and innovators from across the globe. Whether you're an HR pro, a business leader, or just curious about the future of work, this is your shortcut to the forefront of HR innovation. Brought to you by Hire, the AI talent attraction platform. Welcome to our new episode of HR Visionaries. Um, I have a very special guest today, Rosalind Romney, and um, it's great to have you, Rosalind. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Rosalind, uh, who are you? Could you quickly introduce yourself? Sure, sure. Um, well, I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, I've worked in the TA space for about 15 plus years. Um, I started as a recruiter and currently I oversee a global recruiting team um, and we are located globally as well. So my team consists of recruiters, sourcers, um, operations, um, and we uh, support the growth for our current company. Why did you enter talent acquisition? Why did you enter the space of HR in general? Yeah, so really good question. Um, I started right out of school. I did an internship at a staffing agency. That was my first um, experience with the recruiting um, roles and learned quite quickly that I loved recruiting. And so I began, my first role was high volume recruiting um, for a um, company here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I was hiring just sales reps on the phone, doing cold calls, anywhere from 100 to 200 hires per month. So that was my first uh, role out of college um, and uh, moved into management and then moved into human resources um, right after that. Um, and so I just fell in love with recruiting. I love sales too. Um, so I did a little bit of sales in my background as well. And those two just really tied closely together. But I really love the the corporate side of recruiting. And that's what's um, kept me here so long. Uh, well, well, indeed. So uh, one might even argue that, that recruiting nowadays is the other sales team of the company, right? So it's not just the sales product team, but the sales, well, sales company team, so to say, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's... um. You know, I did a little bit of sales um, outside of HR um, for about three or four years. And I think what I really gathered from that experience is really knowing, knowing your audience, right? And I think that if I didn't have that experience, I think it, my career would have probably um, pivoted a little bit differently. But it's just really knowing, knowing your audience, what, what they're buying, what interests them, and just really, you know, guiding that conversation based on your audience. I really love that that that, um, that kind of analysis, and it might be the, the title of our podcast even. So uh, that we call this um, well, know your audience podcast. It's um, super interesting. And if I may, I would love to talk a bit about high volume recruiting, um, uh, hiring two hundred people a month might sound to some people well even frightening. Mm -hmm. 
what was a long time ago? Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> that was when we had um, not what we have today. So um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it actually introduced me to structure and um, what I call today the hiring machine. You know, really knowing exactly what you need to get done each day having pockets of time of sourcing and networking, doing your offer calls, working with your hiring managers. So it's not for everyone. Um, and I've learned that as I've led high volume recruiting teams, like having that balance of structuring your day and your time is so essential for that. Um, but I also do think, you know, on the other side of it, high volume is not for everyone because it's so repetitive, right? Too. Whereas I enjoyed it because of the energy and the knowing that I had these high hiring goals to meet and making sure that I was hitting the bottom line for the business. So that really energized my sales challenge of the role. Um, and so, yeah, it's not for everyone, but I also do think if you can do high volume recruiting, you, you pretty much can do anything after that. <laughs> How can I picture high volume recruiting back then? So is it like a like a, a trading floor at Wall Street? Basically, people shouting stuff at each yeah. Well, the, the company I worked for was a um, IT products company. So we had sales reps uh, selling Dell computers, mouses. It was called Insight Enterprises. Um, and so there was a certain role I was hiring for. But at that time here in market of Phoenix, Arizona, we're known for call centers. So we have Amazon distribu distribution centers. So this is sort of the hub for call centers. So it was a very normal um, for to, to have so many of sales roles open. So there's a lot of competition in the marketplace, but this is like job fair days, right? This is when you had to put up your booth and go to this huge stadium with like 300 other, other employers. So it was different where it wasn't LinkedIn and, um, you know, we had the career builders and monster, but it was more of that, that sales opportunity that you had in front of those candidates that were walking past your booth. Um, and we would have open houses at the facility too. And so we sold a lot of that, our facility with having flexibility and a cafeteria and a casual work environment. And so we would have tours of this like amazing office space that we had that no one else really had. So we had sort of these pulls of getting them to our booth and then pulling them, bringing them into the office and meeting a sales manager face to face and getting a job pretty quickly a couple of weeks after that. So I can picture it as a, let's say, three-step process. So you first attract people at a career fair, then you invite them to the office. And they then would fax you get their resumes in. This is like, they would fax their resumes in or apply online. Um, and then I would do recruiter screens. And for those that couldn't, um, let me back up. So we would have sales hiring classes like every two weeks. I want to say. So if I needed them immediately, I would invite them to the open house. And then I would do tours. I'd get them all in a room. I would do my spiel about benefits and sales contests and all these fun things that they can do. Or they would fax a resume in or was it faxing? I feel like it was faxing or emailing so, yeah. the resume in. 
And then I would do my recruiter screens and I would invite them for my information session. So everyone had to come into the building and for me to do my bells and whistles. And then I would have them meet with sales managers right after. And then after we would all do our debriefs and identify which ones we wanted to move forward with an offer. And then I would send them their offer and they would fax it back with a signed. It's incredible. I know. It, was, it was a machine, right? They would come in, they would send me, they would hand me their offer letter. It's just crazy how, where I started, what's going on today. A lot changed. It is incredibly exciting. And I also uh, would like to know, well, how did you find out about the qualities of, of people in a high volume recruiting environment so it's it must have been quite a challenge you is, is it that you develop kind of an eye in terms of okay mm, it feels like okay this is this is the right match okay mm. don't have the time to look into every detail but it's just like okay you develop kind of an instinct yeah it's interesting I really um have to refer back you know we did you know it wasn't the place we are today with competencies and having, you know, really structured interview questions. I think what we did there is that, you know, looked at previous sales experience, um, have done sales over the phone. And at, at this time it was a college degree, right? That was a requirement back then, right? It wasn't where we are today with experience bringing more value than maybe a degree. So those are by the three requisites, right? And I do think I did a role play with them too. If I remember, um, if they didn't do a role play with me, they did a role play with the manager interviewing them. So it was me and the manager and we would get together after and we would um, debrief on those. Um, but, you know, honestly, recruiting is an instinct, right? And I think that once you know the company, you know who you're supporting for their hiring needs, you know exactly what is going to keep or engage a candidate to want to come on board, but also the challenging part recruiting is like having them stay too, right? <laughs> so we did have high turnover, um, but with that, I took a lot of that knowledge and I implemented it into my next role at Yelp. And Yelp was again, a high volume um, recruiting role that I had initially was as a senior recruiter when I joined. So I took a lot of that knowledge. And then at that time we were a little bit, you know, grown up when it comes to talent acquisition versus high volume recruiting, right? Competencies. We had interview training, you know, putting a lot more structure into it because having that turnover is looked at differently six, seven or eight years later than I was doing my first job, which was at Insight, um, having open houses and just bringing trenches of people in um, changed, you know, our landscape changed where we have to get a little bit more uh, specific and we have to have our competencies. We have our job description has to be accurate, right? We had background checks, we did drug testing. So it's a little bit different into adopting a lot of those principles, but actually enhancing it. So we were more of an employer of choice than it was in my previous role. Um, becoming an employer of choice, how, how did you get there? Yeah, so when I joined um, Yelp, it was pre-IPO, um, and so it was exciting time for me because we were, that's when Yelp turned the um, 
knob with getting more aggressive with expanding our sales force. At that time, we had our San Francisco office, New York and Scottsdale. Um, so when I joined, it was, we want to expand. We want to open up office in Chicago. We want one in DC. So with that, our brand was so strong at that time. It wasn't strong employer brand, but it was pretty strong on the consumer side, yeah. right? Everyone knew Yelp. So we really tapped into um, that synergy and that attraction and incorporating into our recruiting strategy. You know, five-star review, that's our tagline at Yelp, right? Five-star career. So we did a lot of, you know, just blending our consumer brand into our employer brand. Um, and to be honest, our audience was millennials. You know, it was the it was the hot tech company at the time. Everyone knew what Yelp was. And so we didn't really have a challenge of folks wanting to work at Yelp, right? We had a career path. We had really clear um, growth plans. This is your junior account executive. Then you move here and then you move here and then you move here. So it was very transparent of like, how do you grow your career as a, you know, entry-level new college grad? And so we did a lot of new college grad. So it was then more like a task of separating those with great potential and those with, well, high potential, so to say, and then to focus on the with the greatest potential because, well, well-known brand, um, people wanted to work with you. So, so therefore it's more like a, well, sorting issue. No, actually for us, uh, let me just think back. So when we were building our process, um, it was pretty lengthy. Um, not, I wouldn't say too lengthy. I, I think we had a really good traffic of folks wanting to work at Yelp, where we noticed where we had to tighten up our recruiting processes that we had to understand what we were trying to solve for our role plays. Right. So we had all these sales managers interviewing, but what is it that we're looking for as the output? Right. Is it um, taking in feedback? Right. We'd give them feedback and say, next time in your role play, let's do A, B, and C. And that was our trigger because we wanted fresh talent coming in so we can mold them and become superstar sales folks on the phone. And if they can take in feedback, that was our trigger right? Like, are you a clear communicator? Are you taking the feedback? Do you know the company and do you know the role? Um, and then we had our, you know, great competency and um, other competencies that we, we tested for in the interview, but it was me and three other sales managers. And so it wasn't, it we'd all get together and say, okay, what feedback did you give the candidate? The second manager would say, actually, they did implement it. I mean, the role play wasn't great, but they implemented. And then the last interviewer would take um, all of that feedback and sort of say, yes, at the end of the line, they did actually implement all these things that you shared, but they all didn't know what the feedback was. So it was sort of more of a discussion versus a feeling that the candidate was gonna do well. Now we were hiring a lot at Yelp as well. And so we started digging into when are they leaving? Who hired them? who's a recruiter. And so we started really looking at the data behind it to understand, okay, we've got some managers that we need to pull from our interviews, or there's a recruiter that needs more coaching and support to understand why we're getting these folks all the way to the finish line and they're not converting or they're not accepting our offer 
or they're just not doing well in the interview. So we started really uncovering the roles of everyone to understand areas of training and coaching um, opportunities as well. And it sounds like a very structured process. Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. And and how did you communicate then in, in those situations where you, uh, well, also have to well communicate like very difficult decisions <laughs> in terms of like, hey, um, maybe you're not chosen as an interview partner next time, which yeah. might sound inconvenient. Yes. And, it, you know, um, and resources are tight. You know, if we were hiring in the summer months, we were hiring like 300 new college grads. My college recruiters would go out to the campus, you know, get them excited, interview, sign on dotted line and have them start four months later. Right. So we did a lot, a lot of investing with going out to campus and bringing great talent in. So um, to answer your question, it was a sales organization. We're transparent. Everyone's competitive. Everyone wants to know how they're doing in each of their areas. And so this was something that we were very transparent about of like, hey, we've noticed in the last eight months, our turnover has hit A, B, and C. We've noticed based on exit interviews or new hire surveys, there's a break in or glass door reviews. We had all this data and we're like, how do we continue getting stronger talent, but why are we maybe not selecting the right talent? And so we actually worked our ops team and they actually pulled all of our interview stats, scores, hiring managers, recruiters, and you know, something that we talked about regularly it wasn't a surprise. And, um, you know, my manager were interviewing six hours a week. It's a lot of time. And if we're not like meeting our goals or they're not getting hires on their team, everyone wants to know why. Right. And so it was more of like, let's, let's work on this together. So we had this tracker and we saw the folks that were on the bottom and the top and the top were mentors for the bottom. Right. And so we had everyone start shadowing their calls, shadowing their interviews. So we did a lot more shadowing and reverse shadowing, which helped. Um, and so that's how we, we sort of had the conversation, but it wasn't a surprise. No one was feeling like I'm being outed or gosh, I'm doing well. It's like, Hey, let's figure out ways that we can get you better. But also ones where they're like, you know what? I just don't enjoy interviewing. Right. Like I just, is there a way that I can maybe just interview twice a week or whatever? And I would actually say, no, I'll take your interviews. If you don't enjoy interviewing, then I'll get someone else to take your hours or I'll take it. But that shows in your interview, right? If you're disengaged and you're not paying attention, that's actually a, probably a product of what we're seeing with the metrics. Well, it sounds, sounds to me like, uh, super structured process like a very thought through process um and uh well how did you guys come up with that so it, i think it also takes uh well for organization a bit it uh how should i say it, it's a bit of a challenge right to to implement such a system mm -hmm. yeah um you know i think in order to have a system or a structured system you have to have enough data Unfortunately, mm -hmm. sometimes it takes a year for you to go through the motions and then you start looking at, okay, there's some, there's some areas here that we need to dissect. And I do think that's what happened when I was um, at Yelp, but now transitioned to open door because open door was very different in the fact that um, they didn't really have any processes when I came on board. 
right? They were doing hiring, but Open Door was actually starting to expand. And so we didn't have interview guides. We didn't have, what are we looking for? So with Open Door, I think it was more of getting all the business leaders in the room with recruiting and really understanding what we're solving for and how are we going to get there? So I'll give you an example. Um, when I joined Open Door, probably like the eighth month, we started saying, okay, now we're going to start expanding. We want to move from six markets to 20. So Rosalind, how are we going to do that? And so one of the key challenges that they had is that we can't open up a new market without a general manager, a renovation ops person, and a homes project person. And so we'd actually have to look at our timelines. Uh, when do you want the market to be open and functioning? So let's start looking at the dates and start moving back of an eight-week window for recruiting to make sure that we're successful. So to answer your question, it's more of a collaborative conversation of like, how, what do you need? How do, what does recruiting need to do to solve for our expansion plans? That means that you need to give me eight weeks of a runway for my team to be able to market the role that no one knows who Open Door is. No one knows us in Denver, have no idea who we are. Um, and it was sort of a new tech idea, right? No one really heard about selling real estate online. So we had a lot more education of a recruiter screen than, hi, I'm from Yelp. Do you want a sales role, right? Open Door was, oh, this is who we are. Oh, never heard about it. Let me tell you more about it. Um, so yeah, I think for any sort of high growth company, you have to have structure and you have to have a really collaborative partnership with whoever that, you know, leader is at that time, it was our GM, our national GM and our um, VP of operations. Right. And so we were solving something that they've never done before. And I think that's more of a, a unique situation than looking under the hood and kind of looking at turnover. Um, well, I think we were just mentioned super interesting. It's like, hey, uh, from we are Yelp, of course you know us and we'd like to work for us to, hey, you probably have never heard of us. However, I will, can I deliver like a elevator pitch on what we do and why this might be interesting for you. Uh, I, I imagine this being a rather tough challenge. Oh, yes, yes. I, I think uh, the first probably year and a half at Open Door was challenging. Um, I yeah. think. Yeah. And if I may, how, how did you motivate yourself to do this? Because it's it, it, it's, it sounds like much being, well, much tougher work environment, not not, not work environment, but probably much tougher task to execute rather than, hey, let, let me stick with a well-known brand. I don't have to communicate much about it. Yeah, no, it's I, it's a really good question. Um, you know, I was referred by my network um, and uh, never heard of them, right? I did my research and I was like, this is interesting. Like, this is something that I could see really being huge. And look at them now, <laughs> right? At that time, you just never heard of, you know, selling our house online. Like it just was not even heard of. And I was like, this is pretty cool. And to know that they're actually um, spearheading an office in Scottsdale, I want to be part of that. Right. So it, for me, it was more of, 
a challenge. And um, the tech industry at that time was the, the place to be, right? Getting into a, a startup that's, you know, funding series B to know that, oh my gosh, we could like be huge, like have this equity. And that's what motivates me. And I think that's what really gets me with tech. And that's probably why I've stayed in tech for so long of like the unknown of, gosh, if I work really hard, look what this could be um, for my career, but also like what a great story to start at a small tech and look at us now. Um, so that's what interests me about Open Door. Really smart, smart leadership too, right? Just really thoughtful leaders. And that really attracted me to like, oh, I would love to work with them um, and support them with that. Um, and then the last thing is that, you know, sometimes you just don't know the answer. You just got to figure it out, right? You're like, oh, we'll never do that again, right? You'll never, I always tell my team that, guess what, Marissa, you'll never do that again. <laughs> you'll never forget that error, but it's not like you're going to break the system. So I think for me, there was a lot of trial and error too. There was times we didn't meet our goal. There was times we had to slow down our market expansion. So I do think when you're going into any sort of role or company, you, sometimes your roadmap that you've had your previous company is not going to match. And it didn't match. I had to pivot and I had to really understand how I could take my experience, but also massage it for who my customer is and who um, sort of is really driving, driving that impact. Well, with the benefit of hindsight, uh, trial and error always seems like a smart idea. However, in this situation where you have to trial and error, it's um, it, it can be pretty pretty hard, right? It can be like, okay, am I doing the right right things? And if then several things have failed, you potentially question yourself. So, how, how did you keep that mindset of like trial and error is right, and we trial and error until we found the best solution? Yeah. Um, well, is it not, my, not to think about it too much? Not really. You don't have time when you're moving that quick. You know, you really have to tap yeah. into your network, yeah. right? Yeah. I have my my tribe mm -hmm. where I have folks that I've met at, you know, Yelp and other organizations where they're in my same role. And I'm like, hey, can we brainstorm? How would you overcome A, B, and C? Mm -hmm. But I also do think your leadership team they were in the trenches with me. If I ever was, can we get on the phone call? Cause I don't feel right on this. I feel like we're missing something or I want to make sure that you're, I'm setting you up for success that I don't know if my team can do that. That's really quick. Um, but I think that's really important. I think that I've been very fortunate of like, not just hoping it's going to work. I would actually vocalize it or state it in a meeting or state it in an email of like, we agreed and aligned on this. Here are sort of the roadblocks that we have today. Um, and I think that if you over communicate and you're not surprising your business leaders, that's like, that's the, what you don't want to do, right? Of like, <laughs> what do you mean? What happened? You never said anything. Um, whereas I'm more consulting, right? I'm partnering and I'm consulting and I'm educating, but I'm also letting them know, like, here are my concerns. This is what we're going to do to hopefully overcome it. But I want to be really clear that for us to hire 12 people in 10 days, probably not going to happen. We're mm -hmm. probably going to land at five. And this is why. So I just think it's education over communicating, but also using your network and your, your, um, 
you know, your colleagues that you've worked in the past, like picking up the bat phone, I always used to call it. I would just pick up and I'm like, I know exactly who to call for this question just to see if there's something that I'm missing or they're like, actually, no, that's exactly what happened when I had to approach the same sort of challenge with a high growth company. So how did you end up in your current role? I took some time off after Open Door, <laughs> needed like a six month like reset. Oh, I traveled, I journaled, I slept, I ate. <laughs> um, I took some time for myself. Um, I was just lucky. I was there for five years. I, you know, we, we went public equity, you know, I just was in a good spot that I could do that. And one thing I've shared with others is if you can take breaks between your two, like high growth, I mean, I think that just really is like a game changer. Um, so I think I took like four, yeah, I took about four months off and, um, reached out to my network and they introduced me to a, a role here in Phoenix it's a global uh, TA role and they were looking for a leader for about two years. Um, and I knew the brand really well. And I decided like, you know, I don't want to go to work anytime, like in the next two months, but I think I probably need to start putting my feelers out. And I just really connected with the leadership team and um, the team, it was a uh, few were based in the UK, Israel, um, Nepal and Taiwan, and then of course here in the U S and I haven't done that for a while. Right. And I think the global aspect allowed me to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, because I think that I've done high growth 30 plus team members, but I haven't done global, right. Everything was U S based. And so that was sort of like something new I wanted to, um, experience. Uh, so that's sort of what attracted me to come to my current company. What's the most important or the most exciting part of your of your daily routine? Yeah, right now, um, a lot of, of my time is going through employer branding um, initiatives. I, early on when I came on board, they also hired a director of comms, internal comms. And we both came in from larger companies and we're like, oh, we have so much to do. <laughs> so, so me and her um, have been really tapping into, you know, the world's changed, right? We had, they had offices before the pandemic. Um, you know, we're now a remote only work environment. Um, no one's really looked at the values for like 12 years um implementing evp so we've been doing a lot of the branding work um the last six months and we're sort of at the finish line where we're going to be launching some um, exciting things uh for the organization so that's been really fun because again i haven't done that on my own i've always had a team saying here this is what we're going to roll out versus getting in the trenches and doing focus groups and chatting with variety of different employees across the globe and really understanding why they're here, what gets them excited. Um, so that's been really more of a refresh refreshment than this, the normal TA, you know, that I've been doing. Um, so that's bring a little bit more spice to my daily routine. Well, it was very, very inspiring talking to you. Um, thank you so much for, uh, for, well, telling us so much about, high volume recruiting, uh, working from for different growth firms. So um, perhaps for investors, uh, interesting to watch your career to see what kind of company is uh, going to 
going to accelerate growth rapidly very soon. So um, I um, yeah, very, very happy to talk. Well, thank you. I enjoyed the conversation as well. And you guys, uh, thanks for listening in. Um, I'm looking forward to the new exciting episodes of our HR Visionaries podcast. Stay tuned.